Welcome to Paradox, Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I am Dr. Danielle LaPointe, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. We are in Virginia today with Jim Harris. Thank you for being here today, Jim. Thank you guys for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here. It's a, it is a little intimidating, you know, c- coming off of Three Socks Moran and Code Red Steve. I, you know, I'm ready to <laughs> ready to see if I can share some good stories. Well, before we jump right into it, um, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Ticket Spigot, for the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. Um, I know Dustin is excited and raring to go today, so would you like to properly introduce our guest? And would I ever, and I've been waiting for this for quite a while. I've talked to Jim a few times, and uh, Jim and I, it's much like Cole. We got to know each other through the NIAAA U uh, cohort uh, and just gleaned incredible amounts of wisdom. Jim and I talk on a regular basis, and we kind of bounce some fun stories off of ideas. So I'm excited to to introduce to you Jim Harris and visit with Jim. And Jim is, is in Virginia, and... Um, He's he's at a school that uh, you look at it now and see Alexandria City Schools, but you don't understand maybe what that really means. And maybe you can remember with me, um, maybe go back to a blockbuster movie not long ago. Maybe you can remember the Titans, uh, but that's the school Jim Harris is at. And I'm excited to talk about just just life with Jim, uh, because there's many, many. Uh, if you watch The Blind Side, you know. Um, Big Mike was like an onion. You got to peel him back layers at a time. Well, Jim is like that. He's he's got more stories and more situations that he's been in that I'm excited to to dig into. So, Jim, I'm excited to have you here and looking forward to to having some discussion with you. Well, great to be here. I'm ready to go, rock and roll. So, for those who are well, for those who are listening, let's let's paint a picture of who Jim Harris is outside of the AD at Alexandria City Schools. What makes Jim Jim? What's what's fun for Jim? What do you do outside of quote unquote the AD role? Uh, you know, as you said, there's there's many facets to my life, but in the in the last few years, uh, I I can say I'm, I am the the ha- the happy husband uh, of my wife, and uh, who's a who's a great person, a school social worker. I got three kids. They're they're a handful. They're all in elementary school now. You think that would uh, help with childcare, but didn't really didn't really set back too much, as my taxes recently just told me. Um, you know, I've had lots of different fun things in my life. At one point, I was a semi-professional wrestler uh, at a very young age. Um, I'm an I'm a retro video game collector. I got I had something like six or seven hundred video games on on the wall behind me. And, uh, you know, I'm a technology junkie and, uh, you know, uh, and I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning about anything I can. You know, that's why I jumped on this, the uh, NIAAAU cohort, just want to learn more and, uh, you know, anything to get better. Well, I want to dive into a couple things right there before we get (laughs) deep into your stories, Jim, but a semi-professional wrestler what does that really look like were you in school were you uh yes, traveling yes, I, were you a no, main no, no, attraction no. were you a masked man i mean there's so many questions uh, oh no i i went through wrestling school and uh you know i was just doing the wrestling school thing wanting to be a wrestler knowing i would never actually ever be a good one um you know uh and 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't share my name because Google is a terrible thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there may be one picture or one video out there I never want to uh, have to come out. Uh, but my claim to fame is that I wrestled the big boss man in uh, an, an old 80s wrestler at one time for 25 bucks down in a seedy little bar down near the, the hometown. And yeah, I had a bruise from the top of my head all the way down my leg. And it was the best 25 bucks I ever spent. <laughs> now, now, the question is, was that that wasn't in the 80s you did that? Oh, no, no. This was the uh, this was the mid to late 90s. OK, so 25 bucks at that point may have been a little different. I mean, you may be up to like 36, maybe add inflation. Yeah. You may yeah. have been up to forty two dollars now. <laughs> I'm not sure, that much different. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't cover the doctor copay that I went and got and looked at. I was happy as a lark. I have this image of you in my head now, like coming out to a theme song. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And uh, w once we stop recording, I'll give you the real details. I can't have that out. <laughs> for the world to hear <laughs> that's not a recorded version huh <laughs> so jim you also have spent time as a basketball coach i know that was what you did prior to becoming the ad um, do you miss coaching at all oh more so each year it grows a little bit i you know i i fed I fed that uh i scratched that itch a little bit when my uh my oldest was in first grade and uh he, I was I went from being a varsity basketball coach to an assistant first grade coach. <laughs> and uh, and I went from as I, I told my wife, I'm going from the penthouse to the outhouse. But I, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I, I miss it. You know, just thinking of these, you know, being on here, I, I go back to one of my favorite stories as a basketball coach. I can just know what my athletic director was going through at the time. I'm sitting there it's Saturday morning. I'm coaching JV. It's 1130 in the morning. I may or may have not been out too late the night before. And there's three people in the gym and I am Henri. And I, I told that official that he wasn't doing his job right. I told him that what, how he should have been doing it. And next thing you know, there's two whistles and uh, I'm getting pointed to the locker room. And, you know, as I said, there's like six people in the gym. All you hear on the radio, Jim Harris just got thrown out. Jim Harris just got thrown out. And it's like, and then you hear, he did what? And I was like, oh, all right. And then I just go walk off the court, high five the varsity assistant. I'm like, you're in. And just did the walk of shame and waited for the AD to come find me in my office to, uh, Tell me how important sportsmanship is and how <laughs> you shouldn't get thrown out of JV basketball games on Saturday mornings. But I got a couple of things I want I want to ask, but I want to I'm going to start with the high five. Like, was that like a, were you a tag team partner in wrestling and you gave yeah. a high five to tag in the <laughs> your teammate? Or was uh, that what happened? I was like, you got it. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you were you were gladly handing that baton at 11:30 right. on a Saturday morning. Right. And it's like, I go back and I'm sitting there waiting for the ADs not coming out. And I was like, well, how many games has it been since it's been thrown out? And, you know, got to about 150. And then I'm like, well, there goes that streak. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get put on super, super top secret probation back <laughs> and uh, back two games later. Did, have you been thrown out since? Mm. 
<sighs> yes, one time, <laughs> one other time, and the dramatic know, pause. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I, I was, I was my last season as the head coach. I was, our team wasn't very good. Um, but we were playing a, the other not very good team in our district. So we were the Friday night, Saturday night, uh, main event and referees didn't think of it as the Saturday night main event. They were putting in their uh, time and I let them know, I let them know that they were out of position and let them know that, you know, we're going to be a fast team. We may not make the layups, but we're going to run real fast and get there. And, uh, and he never made it. He never made it as a lead official. And I let him know one more time. And then he let me know which door I should leave out of. <laughs> Jim, this, this isn't your fault. This is the semi-pro wrestler coming out and coaching. That's what this is. <laughs> oh, I know. I, you know, I, I was, I was heck on wheels when I was a coach. I, you know, I, I've had 10 years now to, to, uh, mellow and see the, see the, uh, the error of my ways, I guess you would. Uh, but, but now I, you know, just being that coach, I know what that athletic director is going through. I know now if I see a coach just, you know, on the sidelines, rip roaring into an official, I know later on to tell him, hey, only thing it's going to get you is an early exit and your team doesn't need that. And but, you know, I, I, I love that fire. I love that desire. But, you know, now that I'm now, as some people say, we're on the dark side. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I hate to take that passion away, but you know, we have to do what's best for the team. Do, do you ever just tap back into those that wrestling school moment and think, all right, I can go off the top turnbuckle here if I need to. I can take care of this coach if he gets out of line. Do you ever try to get I, back into that? Oh, I'm forty. I'm in my forties now, and I don't, I don't heal as way as I, as good as I, would, I, I used to. I could do it once. I think if I got fired up in a game, I could do it one time, and that'd be it. Off. Yeah, we're at the point in our lives now where we get bruised just talking about it, not actually doing it, just yes. talking about it. We get a bruise. Yes, I think my back just seized up thinking about it. <laughs> I could talk about this forever, and I know that's not the point of our conversation today. But, uh, I'm just creating kinds of visuals in my mind and trying to. I'm there with you. People listening. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, I know people meet me now and they're like, "Oh, you used to be the football coach." I'm like, "No, I was the basketball coach. <laughs> I was yeah. 75 pounds ago." And and I'll tell you, when I first met Jim, I met him via Zoom, and I talked about this with Cole when he was on here. I didn't know he had arms and legs until we got in person, and then when I mm -hmm. saw him. I had to take a double take because Jim was much bigger in person than I envisioned him being on Zoom. So it took me a moment just to collect mm -hmm. myself and realize, okay, and now I can see why he was in wrestling school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Traveling is fun, just like Steve says. Uh, I mean, I'm not six foot seven. I'm six foot three on a good day. And, uh, but, you know, I'm close to 300 pounds. So it's always, it's always cumbersome traveling. <laughs> so, so Jim, let's let's talk about some stories. I know you've got them. We've talked a little bit about your coaching days and now how that's parlayed into the the view that you have from your seat now. 
but I know you've got some stories from your time as as an AD that you want to share with us. Uh, yeah, I, well, let's just talk about the time before I really got into being an athletic administrator. We'll go back to my uh, to my athletic intern internship. Uh, you know, I went when when you were a teacher, the best way to start earning more money is to get more education. And so after you get done, after I started teaching, I was like, well, I need a master's degree. So what can what can what are you good at? You know, can you get a can you get a master's degree in kumbaya? I mean, education, or can you get a master's degree in like education leadership, which would open doors? You know, I you know I always knew I knew I thought I was going to be a career coach. I thought I was going to be you know thirty years of basketball and teaching math. But you know, as I started into uh, this education leadership program, I'm like, oh, I could be an AD. No, I could be an assistant principal. I don't want to be an assistant principal. You all you see is the bad kids. So let me go back to being an AD, where you get to see kids at their best all the time. So part of getting this degree is you got to do this, you know, six month long internship, which means free work for the athletic office. And and so my my big thing, my big project is I want to do the supervision plan for uh, our football team. You know, where where, who's going to be where, you know, how are we going to get people in, get people out? And, you know, so football, you know, I was the go to guy on these football games. We had a very successful program where I was. And, uh, you know, we, we, were, we had this big rat matchup with the rival. Thousands of people, you know, thousands of people, which, which was great. Great gate, great everything. But um, in the first half, the referee comes over to me and goes, hey, uh, we got a problem with the chain gang. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, did they not show up? Are, are they uh, are they slacking on the job? I mean, what's the deal? I, I'll I'll get some. I'll find some new kids. And he goes, No, 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 they're adults. I'm like, Oh, okay. And but they're talking trash to the other coach. I'm like, oh, Okay, never good, right. never good. <laughs> so all right, <laughs> I, good. I, I, you know, I'm just a coach. I'm trying to act, you know, important. And I got a radio, so I'm great. Uh, and so I walk over <laughs> to those guys, and I go, Hey. Hey, we we can't talk to the uh, to the uh, the other team. You know, you just got to do that. And, and he's like, "All right, guy, yeah, no problem, no problem." And so, goes to halftime. We're having, you know, we're winning. It's close game. So after halftime, um, it's you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. They stop the game and they come. The referees come over to me. I'm like, "Oh man, what what did one of our kids do?" I mean, I'm trying to pay attention, but I'm trying to got this big game going. And he goes. Um, we're going to have to remove the chain gang. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they went out to the parking lot and drank a six pack before they came back in. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. And so I, <laughs> you had an intoxicated I, chain yeah, gang. Yeah. I, so I'm not, I'm not even, <laughs> I don't have a master's degree. I don't, you know, I'm not really an athletic administrator. I'm just trying to act one. I play one on TV. I go over to these guys and I'm like, hey, what is going on here? And he's like, that guy, that coach can't coach. That referee can't referee. This is the worst game I've ever seen. I was like, ah. all right, you guys got to go. You guys got to go. They refuse to go. Oh, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what, what do you do? I, you know, I'm on the radio trying to find the real AD. I'm like, where's the hell's the real AD? I, I mean, nowhere code to be red, found. Code red. <laughs> code red. Uh, Appropriate code red. I'm sure they're over there going, oh, what's Harris going to do now? Oh, <laughs> and uh, so 
what does anybody do when they're afraid? I call the police over. We have a bunch of police. And next thing you know, the chain gang's in the, over at the squad car, and I'm trying to find three JV kids to go do the chains for the second half of the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I never don't think that having an intoxicated chain gang has ever crossed my mind. Right? I mean, most like, of the time you got like some kids doing it or, you know, yeah. or, or just you got these three dads with the special shirt just loving life. <laughs> Very serious. Sprinting yeah. down the sidelines. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listening <laughs> everywhere. But no, not not here. Oh my three shades of the wind. And... Now, so did, my... they, did they go out at halftime and drink? Oh, no, this is during the third quarter. We just had to we had to try to make this transition as quick as possible and without you know embarrassing the poor kids whose dads these are and, <laughs> you know. is there really a way to go with dignity in that moment never anytime you're asked to leave a game it, it doesn't matter you're <laughs> you could you could in your mind think oh i'm looking big and bad as i'm walking out no you you're doing the walk of shame get out <laughs> Now, did you ever allow those dads to do the chain gang again? Absolutely not. Nope. No, no. I'm, I am 90% sure this was a lot over a decade ago. I am pretty sure they got uh, some trespass letters and they weren't uh, allowed back on any kind of athletic endeavor. So that's how parents have to get out of volunteering. (laughs) You're good for life. If you, don't, if you don't mind a drunk in public, come on down. <laughs> like, I guess my question to you is is this. What was the conversation when you finally talked to the real AD? <laughs> what would you do? You know, What was that conversation like? He was a great guy. I mean, he's a great guy. He's like, hey, all right, took care of it. All right, let's get back at the game. You know, what, what can you do? <laughs> all very laid back. <laughs> so. I was like, okay. Oh man, that is, and that that like puts a lot of heat on you at the moment because the game is stopped, the stands are looking at you, the officials are looking at you, everyone's looking at you to fix this issue, and you're like, I'm sorry, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> where where is that? Where do I? What book do I read that out of? Who do I, look, <laughs> who do I talk to about that? You make an <laughs> announcement on the radio. Uh, can the announcer please announce that we need chain gang? ASAP to the field, 50 yard line. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my buddy who was an AP helped me out on that one. He was he was helping me find some people, I guess. I don't know. How long was the the game stopped? I I would say five to ten minutes. I mean it was I mean it was quick but not it felt longer for you though, didn't it? Oh days. Could have been (laughs) I could have grew a full beard in that time. It was like, and you still want to be an AD after that. You still wanted to get in this athletic administration mess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, some would say I was pot committed. I was already a year and a half in. So I was supposed to get through. And uh, luckily for me, it stuck. Uh, uh, man, the statute of limitations, if it's a decade ago, it's, it's kind of run out. So those people, I mean, yeah. you didn't identify any of them by name, obviously, but. I mean, just since that point, have you had any drunken binges on the sideline with your chain game? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's funny. I, I'm going to talk later about our first home football game. Uh, we had a first night football game ever at uh, 
at uh, Alexandria City, uh, the mayor and the city council were on the chain game for our first game. So, uh, and I did make a joke to the mayor. I, I, I've, I did kick out some drunk chain gang before, so I don't want to catch catch him messing around. <laughs> yeah, your reputation precedes you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. You're gonna have so many eighties. You know, fall season comes around, they're gonna be walking by their chain gang just sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they don't smell anything. <laughs> you know, some people tell their kids, if you're gonna do it, don't be noticed. Don't don't, don't yell at the other team. Don't yell at the officials. Oh man, that's a that's a rough one, especially for an intern. But I but I now enjoy your story for hey, sure. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's great to laugh at you now, Jim. I can imagine <laughs> in that moment. Oh uh, yeah, you know it's that that should have clued me in on the uh, the awesomeness of this profession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out that first conversation when you got told, okay, I think your chain gang went out and had a six pack and came back in. I'm thinking, wait, what? I, I mean, am I hearing this right? Yeah. I, hey, you you got to expect the unexpected, right? I mean. <laughs> Got a couple thousand people here. Hey, you know, it's like John, the official tells you, and you're like, "What? So that's not allowed? You want me to yeah. remove them?" I'm <laughs> you know, I'm sure if they had had a couple of sips, I'm sure we have a couple of teachers here or there that go and have a, a toddy during the lunchtime, but you can't be noticed. You can't, you can't yell at the other team. You can't, you can't try to fight the other coach. You can't tell the official that's not where the ball was spotted. <laughs> <laughs> oh chain gangs yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so well so as we move on to another story does this involve any drunken people or is this no. a whole different avenue no. uh, this one this one's uh kind of recent i you know i'm i'm a dive guy i somehow i got this label of uh dive mates go see jim harris you know uh and <laughs> And so, you know, I don't know if you guys ever run a dive meet, you know, you got to bring your equipment there. You got to bring a printer. You got to bring a computer. You got to score it. You got to post stuff on a wall. It's the only time now, you know, that uh, in in athletics that you can post something on the wall and everyth- everybody's good with it. You know, you cut, you cut, ki- you cut kids now and you, with the, with the list on the wall, you're, you know, you, the newspaper calls you, but dive, you know, you get your scores, you put them on the wall. They see how they, they see how they fall so i'm setting up for this dive meet they're always kind of uh different because you always have a bunch of different jurisdictions you know i got my friends in fairfax i got my friends in arlington and us in alexandria the one one school so it's always troublesome with technology i told you i fancy myself a technology guy and uh and uh, and i also know that uh geography is good on this big on this podcast i'm in the mid-atlantic i'm right near dc i'm i'm 20 minutes outside of washington dc it doesn't get very cold it doesn't it gets really hot but it never gets real cold for this particular dive meet in the morning it it was kind of cold 20 you know 10 20 degrees i know florida my good friend jake (laughs) touchdown he loves he loves to talk about how warm it is in florida we don't get very many days like this, but we did. And so we get there, you got in dive, you get, you can change your dive order up to 30 minutes before you actually jump into the pool. And so that means redoing a sheet, 
printing it out, getting them to sign it. It's a whole process. So I go to make this first dive change. This is like an hour before the meet. So I got 30 minutes to make changes. I print it blank. Okay, I'm using I'm using my my uh, my buddy's printer from Fairfax. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a connection between Alexandria and Fairfax computers. So it's like always be prepared, right? That's the uh, motto of the Boy Scouts than any athletic director. I brought my own personal little printer laptop. So I've run outside, grab my printer, bring it in, hook it up, make the changes, print, bar- blank. Crap. Well, I mean, what is it? Is it drivers? I mean, you know, technology's great, but it takes time. And I'm like, what? What is this? And I, so I open up the I open up the printer, the the first printer, big heavy thing, and the ink cartridge or the ink jet thing is like watered over because it had been sitting out in the in the car all night, so it's warming up and so it's moisture. <laughs> My printer's been in the car for 15, for an hour, the drive down there. And I look at mine and same thing. It's like, well, what in the heck? What do you do? What do you do? (laughs) So you got to print. You got to do this. You can't do it by hand. We're not, you know, we're not archaic. We have to have it printed. We can't be handwritten. So (laughs) I call my buddy at another school right down the road. I'm like, hey, can you get me a printer here? How fast can you get it? And make sure it's inside. It's been inside. It hadn't been outside. I can't have another frozen printer card. <laughs> and he's like, I can't get there for another half hour. It's like, well, what do you do? So I said, well, it's cold. Let's just print a hundred copies and maybe it'll warm up. Maybe it's just like these kids. It needs a little warm up. So I print 10, 12, 15, 20. It's still blank. I'm like, well, I tried. Then about 25, you could see a little bit. 30. A little bit more. So by 75, it's printing wonderfully. And it's like, (laughs) so you're telling me that two printers got too cold to work. And who who thinks of that? Frozen (laughs) ink. Frozen ink. Yes. Speaking of who thinks of that, that's a great idea to just keep printing to like warm your ink up. I don't know if I would have been like, oh, I'll just keep on printing to make my ink warm. Like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how I came up with that, but it's like, uh, well, you know, especially when you got every everybody's like, is it working? Is it working? Is it working? I'm like, ah, have you tried no. this? Do this. Did you restart it? Everybody's an expert. Where's the call <laughs> IT? Everybody knows how to set up a printer. But, but yes, and, and, and I, I, I give myself credit. I, I stayed calm. Normally, you know, it, the young coach, Jim Harris, would have been like, beat it. I, I need space. <laughs> but now, now it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. Don't worry. We'll get it done. We'll figure something out. So here's my question. And I'm just thinking this is maybe to get the distraction off of there. Did you ever, did you ever think about just saying, you know what? maybe I'll go do a dive off the board for or mm-hmm. off the platform for these kids. And maybe just, maybe that will just take the distraction away from all these people in my ear telling me, did oh. you ever think about donning the old speedo and jumping off there? In 20 uh, degree weather. In 20 absolutely degree weather. No, we're inside. <laughs> the actual dive okay, okay. inside. Yes. But yes, outside getting up there. 
Uh, no, no, no. My <laughs> wife was a college diver, and uh, me, I, the cannonball is the best, or maybe a moon salt back to a belly flop. That's about all I'm going to do. <laughs> and as I said, I, I haven't done that in years, and I would probably crush a uh, crumple zone, get the lifeguard out, and the athletic <laughs> trainer, because he ain't got the back. And, also, and go ahead and have nine and one dialed in your phone before you jump. <laughs> but also kudos to you for having a traveling printer. I did not do that as an AD, and now I feel inferior as an AD for not traveling I, with the printer. It, only on these dive meets, because you know I've been burned so many times where you know technology technology is fickle, and then especially when it's cold out, I guess. I, I would have never thought that ink froze in a in something that uses heat, but hey. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Know. You shined a light on something I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? I don't know how, how our friends out west deal with it. I mean, I, I've never even heard of this. You know, we have a our group chat where everybody shows, oh, we're at minus nine today. Oh, it's a warm streak. It's like, you, you're, you never talk about your printers freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Thanks for the heads up, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, they're worried about their cars not starting. They're worried about stuff like that. Not worried about printers freezing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they may listen to this and we may hear from like Mark Rarick and say, I was going to say, where's Mark when we need him? Yeah, you, you ding dong, it happens. It gets cold there. Yeah. Who would have thought? As I said, you know, mid-Atlantic, it's always it, cold for me is not cold for some people, I guess. I mean, well, you and Danielle are in that same boat because mm-hmm. cold for her is like 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, I like I, it that way. so we've talked about a drunk chain gang we've talked Mm -hmm. about a frozen printer cartridge do you have another (laughs) one for us that you can uh, this is our this is our uh my favorite uh you know we're pretty famous high school i I mean i like we're probably one of the most famous with remember the titans you know uh, tc williams you know big chain name changer alexander city now so we're a little bit undercover but we have this story. You have this storied football program. We have never had a night game. We have never had a home night game. We have never had lights at Alexandria City. And uh, five, Wait, seven what? years, like I just what? really, yeah, we no lights. So I mean, when they built the school, you know, I don't think I, I guess it wasn't a thing thirty, forty years ago. But, you know, when it became a thing, there was always been issues with our community. They don't want the lights. They think, you know, the only thing the lights bring out are the thugs and the bugs. You know, I, I don't you know what could, it's a, it's been very litigious. But we finally, finally, five years ago, got it approved to have lights. And then we went to court. For five years and then. It's great. All right. Now we can have lights. But they go. Every, but then, you know, the world shut down and we've done everything. We played, we played, we played our home games at an indoor facility. I, I mean, in a, like a dome, like an indoor, the St. James place, which is a great facility. We're like the first team in Virginia to play their, their home games inside. And then, you know, we were assured that the, the stadium would be ready for the next season. 
Well, then COVID hit and the stadium is not even being worked on yet. So we played a year on the road. Just all it, it was a shortened season due to COVID, but we played all our games on the road. And so then fast forward a year, we are assured that the stadium will be ready. So this is the I mean, I was lucky enough to have, you know, the NIAAAU cohort because we missed our first scheduled night game because it wasn't ready. And then two weeks later, we were supposed to open it up. And a week before the game, uh, you know, Dustin can attest to this. I sent out pictures to to the uh, to the cohort going, can I play this game in a week? Is it even possible to? fix the bleachers, uh, put siding on a building, get a concession stand up and running. And, and they're, they're like, well, if it's safe, play it. It may not look good, but play it. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, if it's the first game ever, first night game ever, you know, you want it to be special, but wasn't perfect, but we got to our first night game. Oh, so there's a lot of excitement. There's a long time coming for this. Like, yes, you are ready. Yes. yes. And and over, I could say over the last decade, no, no disrespect to the football program. It hasn't been great. We've had some winning seasons, some losing seasons, but it's not been that remember the Titans community, you go getter. Our our Saturday games or our Friday afternoon games have gotten three, four hundred people, maybe six hundred at homecoming, you know. Uh so it's like, okay, all right, you know, we'll, maybe we'll get a little bit more than that. So we're doing, you know, we're great. We're trying, we're doing online tickets, uh, you know, so we can gauge on what the, uh, what the, what the uh, number of people are going to be here, gauge the interest of the community. And, uh, you know, so by, let's say noon of the game, it's like 800 to a thousand tickets sold. All right, that's great. You know, that's great. That's more than we've ever had, so we'll be okay. Um, and the so up until the ribbon cutting ceremony, we have construction workers coming to and from, moving moving things, setting things up. Uh, we don't have a PA system; that's back ordered. So, <laughs> how do you make public address announcement? The city contracts a sound group to come in, and it's like. I wouldn't have thought of that. And so the comes to the ribbon cutting ceremony, the mayor's there, the city council. It's a, it's a big thing for the city of Alexandria. I'm almost like nervous to where this is going now. So then, you know, we, we've sold a thousand tickets, maybe 1300. And there's just a sea of people outside. There's a sea. And, and we, we have our ticket takers set, you know, we're going to sell some, we're going to sell some cash tickets at the door, even though we probably shouldn't have. And, uh, and bam, open the doors. As I said, the mayor and the city council don't do the chain gang. They're good. They're, they, they passed the sobriety test or the, <laughs> the, the passing sobriety test. And, uh, and there's just a sea of people, PC of people. They keep going. They just keep coming. And I, I have a, a special kid. He looks at, I'm walking by him and he goes, uh, Mr. Harris, we have 1,262 seats on our side and then 
there's 800 seats on the other. I don't know if we're going to keep everybody. I was like, well, uh, we're, we never had that many people. It's not going to happen. And so the principal game gets started. It's a great, it's just people are still going in, coming in, coming in. And the principal comes up to us in the athletic office is like, uh, when are we going to stop selling tickets? I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> do, you, do, do you do we stop ever selling tickets? I mean, everything's going on this night. We have our Hall of Fame induction, so we have Hall of Famers on the on the uh, on the field. You got kids everywhere, and he's like, "Well, how many tickets have you sold?" I said, "Well, what? Oh, seventeen hundred online tickets. <laughs> well, how many uh, cash tickets have you sold?" I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> how do you gauge that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, luckily, our athletic operations guy got it right. He gave each ticket taker a fresh roll of tickets, like mm-hmm. started zero. And I was like, oh, let me go check on that. So we're at uh, twenty six hundred people <laughs> by halftime for your normal three hundred crowd, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you have to shut everything down you know and you know people are trying to sneak in through the fence and you know trying to bully their way in we luckily we had 20 30 police officers and even some that we were paying and then even some that were just there for the spectacle and we needed all of them <laughs> but you know that i guess that's a happy problem but yeah, how how do you deal? Yeah, I mean, I, even with online ticketing, you know how many you're going to have, but more showed up. Yes, yeah, and <laughs> a lot when, more when, showed up. <laughs> when, when you've never said standing room only, you know, is that a thing? And, <laughs> and but the, you know that 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 worked out well. But the the best part of this the story is we got these brand new lights, right? And you know nobody's ever seen it. You know. Uh, these Musco lights, they have effects and, you know, it's, you know, it's awesome. And so our, we score first, we, we got our first score uh, in the second half. Cause by the first half, it was still daylight, you know, everything. So by the second half, it is dark. And so the start of the second half, we scored on the opening kickoff. I radio, we radio the, the press box and say, do the strobe. And and then one light goes off, and then the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and people think it's broke. People are like, "What's going on? What's going on? What do you do?" They're running around. I was like, "It's okay. It's okay." Referees are looking, looking all around. It's great. Uh, and then three and out, they do it we, again. We score, and I was like, "Do the wave." And then the lights go in a wave, like at a, at a college stadium. Whistles start blowing, whistles start blowing, and the referees come over to us. The white hat comes over. He goes, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, the, the director for Alexandria City goes, would you tell Nick Saban that he can't play his lights? <laughs> and referee was like, you can't do it, coach. It's against the rules. And me being the knowledgeable guy, I go, what rule is that? 
Where does it say that you can't do light effects? <laughs> it just is, coach. Don't do it again, or I'll have to penalize you. And a, and two penalties, and your coach is gone. So, so your lights essentially got a flag. <laughs> yes. Well, they didn't get flagged. They got Close warned. Warned. Yes. Your lights yeah. got a warning. If they, if they did it again, they would be out. <laughs> On their opening night. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so we, you know, we won, it's a great night, it, you know, um, and then we get a call from the officials association on Monday morning. Uh, just read the report about your lights. Um, you can't do that anymore. It's like, I, I think we can, I don't, you show me the rule and I will stop. But I've been waiting for 45 years to do these lights. You can't tell me I can't. 45 you know, years. And you can't tell me I can't use them the way there's, uh, I'm allowed to. He goes, well, I got to call the Virginia High School League on this. And hour later, he's like, I get another call back. Uh, yeah, your lights are okay. You can do what you need to. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I'm just going to say it. I'm... I'm wholly kicked off right now at a whole new level because Hollywood lied to me because I saw Remember the Titans and there were night games that Remember the Titans. We were on the road those days. They were always on the road. And then when you got to the state games, they were always at a central site. But yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I don't remember the movie. I, I don't, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I don't remember a movie that bad. I don't think we, maybe they did have night games in it, but. Yes. I was racking my brain the exact same thing, Dustin, trying to be like, wasn't there night games in the movie, though? I mean, yeah. I know it probably blows everybody's mind that Hollywood would, would make <laughs> something up. But <laughs> I mean, I took that to be true. And now my world is shattered today. I don't know if I can go on. It's going to be okay, Dustin. Okay. <laughs> they have lights now. It's okay. And yeah. they do uh, tricks. <laughs> it's... And I think yeah. I think about putting myself in those shoes, actually, Jim, and, and just that situation of, you know, the things that is a cool effect of the lights and just trying to create a fun fan environment and trying to make it fun for kids and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to see what the NCAA is doing and you see Alabama do it, you see all these big names do it, and all of a sudden you've got it at your level and it's going to be a big deal. You got a huge crowd that you didn't expect. Maybe weren't prepared for that crowd. And then all of a sudden, you've got people saying, you can't do that. And I'm thinking as an administrator, what? and I like what you said, show me the rule that says I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And if, if there's a rule, then I won't do it. But there is no rule that says I can't do that. So, you know, being able to stand your ground and say, hey, but there's not a rule that says I can't do that. But if you tell me there is, I, I won't. Not trying to, not trying to buck the the mm -hmm. administration above you or the officials or trying to keep them from playing a game. But reality is, they're there to officiate the game. Mm -hmm. They're not there to officiate whether lights are strobing or waving right. or doing some cool effect. It's all. It was always during a dead ball. You know, we made sure of that. You know, it just uh, if but. I like that you're there. I love that we have officials, uh, a full official set now, but just worry about, worry about in between the lines. I'll ha we'll handle the rest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you go back to coaching at all in any of that and just say, 
hey, I'm going to bow my neck here a little bit and say, you ain't doing that. You ain't telling me what to do here. Uh, yes, I, I was I was firm on that, but the leadership as a whole there with our director and our principal and everything, they were, the cooler minds prevailed. It's like, just we'll get through today. Let's make it through today, and then we'll fight this fight at another time. Yeah. Even though I'm like, they work for us. Darn it. They, you know, if, if we, we, we say we want to play at night, we're going to play at night. And if we wanted to be in the dark, it'd be in the dark. We pay right. them. Right. They work for so, us. So as you, as you look back on these three stories that you've shared with us, Jim, are, are there takeaways that, you know, looking back at your stories, some there's been some time through uh, more years, obviously, than than just this most recent one with with the lights are there takeaways that you as administrator can look at and say you know what i may should have handled this a little differently or i could have done this or i hit it out of the park with the way i handled that i it, it it's I, I pride myself as a planner you know and you have to plan and we we always try to come up with every scenario that may happen and if that if you do that proper planning a lot of the stuff will work itself out and you know but you look at these three stories it's like all the planning in the world you could do you know can't help you for that like i I look at that the first story with the with the drunken chain gang it's like yeah i've never seen you never seen that you never even talk about that and i was young i didn't know and the, the the dive one that showed a little planning that's why i brought the brought the other printer with me but you know, again, I brought a printer. I'm ready to print. Who'd have thought that ink gets cold? (laughs) And then, you know, for this football game, it's like, we're planning for, we're planning for a full house, but what happens when the house doubles? And, you know, but you always, I I get, it goes back to the, even the coaching story. You got to keep a cool head. You got to keep that. You got to keep yourself centered. You can't get, in the moment so much that you lose lose sight of the whole picture and you know i you know and that's what you know what we deal with on a daily basis when we look at our coaches they only deal about their team their program and we have to think about everything and now i think that's the biggest one yeah and and what you're exactly to build on what you're saying you also had people kind of in each step of the way that you could turn to and Mm -hmm have advice or rely on or support. So having building that team around you in all of your situations, whether the drunken chain crew, the frozen ink, crazy lights, huge crowd, it, it doesn't matter. You had someone to turn to and, and, and kind of support you on whatever decision you made. So I think that's also um, a valid point in hearing your stories. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't talk about having that group of diverse people enough. I mean, what, what Dustin goes through in Arkansas is different than what I'm going through here in Virginia, but there's still that line, that silver, that, that same lining, that underlying toe of it all. And, you know, just having that support group that you can call at any moment. Like I, when I called them, I was like, is this possible? You know, I mean, if they push me, do I push back or do I just say, let's have the game? Mm-hmm. Well, excuse me. I I think the cool part of that is you built connections and 
when the printer issue happened, the kids may not have known about it, but you were calling somebody that you had a connection with that said, Hey, I got it. I need a printer. Do you have one? When can you get here? Uh, and so you see moments of the network may not be calling me in, in Arkansas, but you have to find somebody there. I mean, I couldn't have done anything for you with a printer. Right. Uh, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have come to your rescue mm -hmm. then, but I may have said, Hey, did you think about printing a hundred and see what happens? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Would you have said that? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I, if I'm completely honest, no, but I will now I will yeah. do that now. Cause I, I've got that in my toolbox now. Yeah. No, I appreciate you, you, you spreading these stories and, and laughing with us because I, I very much enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank thank you, you very much for, for uh, taking the time to be with us today. No problem. Anytime. I, I know Jim is big time. I call him that all the time. When I talk to him, it's big time. I know just what, what a great dude he is and what a great administrator he is and a great, a great resource for me when I need it. Uh, and I know that I know Jim's hard enough to know that <clears throat> anybody in Virginia obviously can reach out to him, but anybody listening could reach out to Jim and you can, you can learn some stories and I hope you ask him about wrestling uh, in the <laughs> wrestling school and try to figure that stuff out. But man, Jim, I appreciate you coming on and giving us a chance with this, this podcast. I know you do one of your own, so that's big time for us to be able to have somebody of your caliber on here. I appreciate it. Then uh, here's my cheap wrestling plug. Uh, if you uh, ever want to learn about Virginia athletic administrators, go seek out On the Road with the VI AAA. It's the podcast put on by the uh, Virginia Interscholastic Athletic Administrator Association. And uh, look for it anywhere you find these podcasts. And he's not, all, he's not only the host, he's also a client. Uh, I mean, we can do all that spill that we need to, but man, Jim, I really appreciate you. A great job with the stories and we appreciate uh, Ticket Spigot for all they do to allow us to bring this podcast to life and to share these stories of our administrators from across the country to laugh, to learn, and to more importantly, just have fun. Yep. See you all next week. Mm -hmm.